0: Hello and welcome to ministry Monday. I'm your host, Amanda Bruce. If you're new to the podcast, hello, we're so glad you're tuning in with us. Each week we offer a podcast episode for the church music minister on topics that seek to help you learn, grow, challenge, and inspire. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. Today's episode honors the many mothers that serve in the church today. The women of NPM lead in their churches, their communities, and their families in whatever shape that takes. It is a true honor to take this week's episode and celebrate the women of NPM, and the women who listen to this podcast, and the mothering role that so many of you take. Maybe you are a mother of your own children Or you offer a mothering role to those around you. Maybe you serve the church in religious life. Whatever it is, we so celebrate you today for Mother's Day, and we thank you for the presence of Christ that you bring to all of us every day. Today on the podcast, I speak with Meredith Augustine and Lorraine Hess. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, Meredith Augustine is the director of music at the Church of St. Francis of Assisi in Midtown Manhattan. Meredith is also collaborative and has collaborated with musicians all over the world. She has released four solo records appealing to fans of all genres, including jazz, world, and Christian music. And most importantly also, Meredith is the mother of two. Lorraine Hess is a Catholic singer, songwriter, music minister, and recording artist born and raised in New Orleans. She currently directs music ministry at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. She has also released six solo albums of liturgical and sacred music, and she is the mother of four sons. Meredith and Lorraine join us today and discuss the challenges of ministry and motherhood in the last year. From musically restricted liturgies to children staying home for school, balancing ministry and motherhood held beautiful and unique challenges in the last year and a half. I'm proud to introduce also that Lorraine and Meredith will be offering a sneak peek at this year's breakout that they are presenting at the 2021 National Convention. After popular demand from last year's convention, they are offering Balancing Ministry and Motherhood Part 2, and you will be able to get a first sneak peek at that breakout in this episode. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Lorraine and Meredith today on ministry monday i'm sitting with lorraine and meredith hey ladies how are you how are you good hi. hi amanda um i am so happy to talk to you today because of course we are filming our mother's day episode um i had hoped to speak with you after i watched your presentation last year balancing music ministry and motherhood it was so good it was one of our top rated breakouts from last year thank you. um yeah seriously um, and so- of course, it was so well received that you're doing a part two this year, which <laughs> okay. we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but you know, if someone's listening to the podcast and maybe they might not even be a member of NPM, would you mind giving a little bit of introduction for those who are listening?
1: Well, you know, I love this collaboration between Meredith and me because we have children of different ages, you know, like she's in the middle school, high school, and I'm in the high school college, but we've all been doing, both of us have been doing this since our children were babies. And before that, right, Meredith, I mean, pregnant and before children. And so we kind of had an experience of how to balance all of this um, through all stages of children. My oldest is going to be 28 this year, even so, I mean, like even, you know, post all that. So we had some good material and the good, the bad, the ugly, and some mistakes that we've made and some success moments. And I think that's why this worked is because it was really um, a real presentation that was practical and um, people were able to latch onto it.
2: Just picking up off of what Lorraine said, I think it was also interesting, I I can't speak for you, but for me anyway, um, to think about it as a whole, because we're always on automatic pilot doing it. I have been since, since they were in utero, so that's what I've been doing. So to think about it um, as a whole and to put it on paper and then to, to try to communicate it and, and pull our ideas together that might resonate with um, other women was was, uh, it was was fun, it was also interesting.
0: We're going to dig deeper a little bit into that, too, um, for those who may not have attended the virtual convention last year or who just haven't watched the breakout since then. But before we do, it's been really enjoyable, or I should say beneficial to the listeners to hear both of your situations right now, both geographically and in light of COVID and how you're ministering. So do you mind, we will start with Meredith, How, how have you been ministering where you are lately and where are you?
2: I am in New York City. Um, As we speak, I'm on uh, 31st Street between 6th and 7th Avenue. So for those of you who are familiar with New York City, right outside of Penn Station, basically, Madison Square Garden. So, um, yeah, I I think everybody knows that we were kind of the epicenter for a while, a long while. So it's really been um, kind of exciting to come to work because I never stopped working um, throughout the whole thing because we switched right into live stream and just you know we had to keep ministering to our people so that meant that we needed to come here because you can't really do music well i guess you could but it was important to be here so i never stopped working and um commuting a year ago was kind of scary at times um because the streets were completely empty uh i mean imagine 7th avenue in new york city not having any cars i mean I posted that on social media a couple of times, but um, it's uh, picked back up um, immensely. And um, we opened the church back up in July. So it was from March to July and um, at 25%. Um, so we can seat about 140 people. Um, and now some Sundays there we are, we're at quota, we can't get any more people in. So it's really, uh, it's great to see people. I think the vaccination has helped immensely to bring people back. Um, and you know, our, our state government has been really uh, strict with numbers. Um, so if it's above us like 3 point something percent, then you know, where other, other states might be 14% and then we're gonna go on lockdown, we're like at 5% when we go on lockdown. So it's been, I think um, the way they have handled this has been helpful. So we're moving right along.
0: What about you, Lorraine? I know that right at the time of us recording this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty sure your diocese just announced that uh, the obligation will be lifted soon. Is that correct? That is
1: correct. Um, so in um, June, I believe is going there. There's no more no more dispensation for yeah it. right. But our parish is going to continue the live stream because it's really been evangelical. We've had a lot of people who have come back to church because of what they've seen on the live stream. Um, and you know, people like mom's watching and then someone happens to be in the room and they sit down and they listen to the homily and then they say, let's maybe I'll go back. Maybe, maybe I do want to go back. So, and then for the weddings and for the people who are not comfortable coming back to church, we still want to have that available to them. But like my pastor says, if you're going to the mall and you're going to restaurants, you can come back to church. And so, um, (laughs) so we are, of course, we're in a warmer climate and my parish is just on the outside of New Orleans. So we're, you know, 10 minutes from the French Quarter, but we're not considered in New Orleans. And so our restrictions are not quite as strict as inside this, the city itself. Um, so we all still wear masks, but we don't have a number of restriction and our churches are um, very full. I would not say to capacity, but a lot of people have come back and our goal has kind of been to keep the church open and keep the school open and anything that threatens that, we're not gonna do. Anything that's unsafe that would threaten keeping the church and the school open, we're not going to do. And it's been very successful for us. So we had um, 22 people welcomed into the church at the Easter vigil, which is kind of a testament to the priorities that we have for, you know, pr- you know doing things for marriage ministry, doing things for mental health, um, you know, making sure that, that we're safe, but that there's still that spirituality that people are longing for right now. So our first, I guess, public mass was Mother's Day last year. We did it on the school um, parking lot and we put a parking cone, you know, 20 yards apart from and each little family cluster could sit at a parking cone. Um, and it was the most, and the priest went to everyone and brought them communion, which was so powerful. To He was feeding the flock and um, it was just not a dry eye. would say in the house but we weren't in the house we're outside it was beautiful (laughs) um but it was beautiful and we've done some things um since then to add that are you know strictly the focus on the mental health marriages the um and keeping the school and the church open
0: (laughs) i keep thinking about what you said about uh not a dry eye in the lot. I, I think that, I, I think I'll always look back at this time and just remember the the many parking lots that were used in a very unique way during this time. It was so, mm-hmm. such a creative way for ministry. I mean, we had to be, yeah. of course. Yes. Um, but I think that's a good way to transition into the conversation to kind of touch base on what you talked about last year, um, of course. So balancing music ministry and motherhood takes a great deal of creativity. And one mm-hmm. of the things that you spoke about was creativity as well as establishing boundaries and prioritizing. Those were some of my main takeaways. And as we look into this crazy COVID world, I don't know if you're, you know if, if your children's education changed, if they went in person, if they were virtual. I mean, how has your balancing music ministry and motherhood looked like this year? <laughs> Meredith, how do you think you want to start? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. um, well, I'm really grateful that I don't have little kids because uh, that would have been more difficult than, than it is with two teenagers. Um, but they were home. Uh, and then when the school year started this year, you could decide if you wanted them to go in person or to stay virtual. And the in-person was you could pick the morning or the afternoon. And so uh, we decided that we wanted them to go in the morning and uh, because it was important to kind of get out and establish some routine rather than just being in the house and um, it's worked out really well for them their school is uh, hyper vigilant like they, they get tested randomly every day kids are tested so um, but it but because my kids are a little bit older um, you know when they were home if they were just doing like the morning they're even if they were, even if they had to go virtual, it would still be morning. So I was able to sort of monitor what was happening. And then I, and thank goodness for FaceTime and things like that. Cause I still wanted to, if I'm not there.
1: So um, my son has been, uh, they started hybrid in the beginning of the school year. He's a junior in high school. This is my caboose. And um, they did a hybrid A through L, M through Z, and they went every other day and then they were, they were home. And so they just kept almost like team a team b and they kept them separated kind of similar to what what Meredith's talking about and they canceled all of the the social activities that would have been a high risk for the kids um, and then in october they all went back full-time but they still kept distance and they kept you know, contact tracing, kids would have to stay home for two weeks, and there was, my husband and I both had COVID around Thanksgiving, and so, you know, my son stayed home during his quarantine times, miracle, he did not, I don't know how he didn't get it, but he didn't, um, and so the outdoor sports have been a little easier than the indoor sports, you know, the basketball team had a little trouble kind of getting their practices started because of the contact. But baseball's, a, my son's a baseball player, and that's a little easier because they're not as much in contact and they would spread out. They wouldn't all stay in the dugout. They would spread out down the field or stay in the bleachers in between. Um, but for the most part, you know, the school, you know, again, we're in a warmer climate. We're in South Louisiana. We're, we're at a bigger campus where they can spread out. And it's it, the school has done an amazing job. And even if you don't agree with all the things that our schools and our teachers and our administrators have done, we have to really give a shout out to, handling this unprecedented year in the best way that they thought they could. And I think they always had the interests of our kids in mind. So that's Mm -hmm. where, um, school-wise, you know, they're back They're I've looked at the school calendar for next year and, you know, the dances are back on the calendar. The football games are back on the calendar. I think, um, we're getting a little closer. Um, vaccinations like Meredith said are making a big difference and, um, you know, hopefully we're on the, you know, on the upside of, a. Make, uh, mm-hmm. of getting back to some sense of normal, but they're still all in masks and um, kids are doing a really, really good job. It, when I, we took a baseball coach home a couple weeks ago from a game and he said there was not one documented case of COVID that happened from contracting it from someone at school. It's 1,400 kids that go to this school. Wow, it's pretty amazing to me. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean they got it from you know their social gatherings or their, they got it from their parents or whatever. But not from someone at school, and um, mm-hmm. that's a testament to all the people who work so hard.
0: Shout out to the teachers, man! Shout out yes. to the teachers. A <laughs> rock. Oh my gosh, they wore halos this year.
2: And uh, the students too. I think. I mean, I think for my kids, you know, my son especially, it's it's a little difficult learning online as opposed to being in in the room and sort of hands on, more concrete mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it, they've really adapted.
1: The, kids as well and I'll tell you who I'm most concerned about is our college students you know they are um, you know thrown into a world with they're still young 18 19 20 and they're not around supervision they don't have that social aspect and I've seen um, at least for my son who's a junior at LSU and some of his friends and that's been really um, really rough because they don't have that interaction with teachers like where they're it's just so big universities, thousands of students and campus ministry can't do the things that they want to do. But, um, that, that think that's been, it's been
0: really tough on them. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you talked about in your presentation last year was that when thinking about balancing music ministry and motherhood, it was if needed, especially to think simply. I think the one example that Lorraine gave, I can give think off the top of my head was, um, uh, how many times have you sung Bob Moore's "Taste and See"? Was the one I think that you had said, like we don't need to rehearse it if you've already rehearsed it a million times. Think simply, and I I just feel like that really resonates as we start to transition back into a normal life, whatever whatever the new normal is or whatever our new normal C will be. Is that a piece of advice that we as women and you both as mothers? Um, would be good to reflect upon? I mean, do you think there's room to leave some of it more simple and uh, stripped back in our lives?
1: I do. And I think that this is a time where we have to really ask the question, what do we not need to go back to? What do we, this is an opportunity to find a reset button, do things a little differently. And I was talking to Meredith last week, we were kind of chatting about this, this, um, interview and I remember after Hurricane Katrina and there was a lot of property that blighted property that was very infested with crime and it was very dangerous and those properties were demolished and we said okay let's rebuild something good for the community let's make it a safe let's do something different with our schools in the same way I think that this is a time for us to look at what we were doing before and say what has the biggest impact on the liturgy, on the spirituality of our congregations, um, on our salvation, and what doesn't? And so um, it's, you know, to, to just look at the, each of those things. And my pastor and I have been in conversation about, you know, how we want to come back and what do we want that to look like? And let's not pass up that opportunity right now.
0: Meredith, what about you? Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think.
2: Uh... I think we all define simple a little differently. Um, So I I keep um, reiterating the phrase to myself and to um, those around me, just because of the collective grief that um, our society as a whole has kind of gone through, Um, the collective rage that our society has gone through. I think it's just really important that we be gentle with ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, That's simple. And I think that brings it back to simplicity. And and so if I'm being gentle with myself, what does that, like, what does that exude um, out of me? Uh, And and by keeping things simple, um, I think schedule, I mean, I think one of the things that we talked about last year was like how important a schedule is for kids. Um, and it's pretty simple to, to get a schedule together. It might not be simple to keep it, but if you can, but if you can kind of get into that kind of routine, because nothing, we're not going back to normal, whatever that was. It's a new normal, um, and we can make it what it is we want. Um, so I think it's, I think, um, it is important to think simply, but also to think, to be gentle with ourselves and for those around us. Mm
0: -hmm. One of the other things that really impacted me last year from your presentation was how you reminded us as women. Now, I mean, I don't have any children yet, but as mothers, you reminded the mothers who were listening that the way that we interact with our parish and the way that we exude joy or not joy from our ministry is it it, it projects on the perception of what our children experience and perceive the church to be in Lorraine, your example, actually, you know, you and your husband were rebuilding after Katrina and you were so tied up and you, you just, you had so much on your mind and it was so much stress and it kind of bogged down what your sons were experiencing from the church as a result. And that really stuck with me because I, I have to admit, I mean, whenever I think of ministering this year, joy is part of it, but there's been so much struggle. I mean, with, with furloughs of our music ministers and the limit of what we can do and our budgets being zero dollars in a lot of cases, not all, but many, you know, reduced. Um, how important is it for us to remind ourselves and our children and our our ministers about why we do this in the first place, the joy?
1: Yeah, you know, Meredith talked about earlier when we were putting this together last summer, how it, it, we never really thought about some of the things that we've done and what we do and um, and it was, it was fun to think about how this worked and how it didn't work. And, um, just yesterday, like my husband and I took like a two mile walk, we'd be beautiful city park around here. We, we walked and we were kind of talking through, cause I have some decisions to make about our music ministry and what that's going to look like and a recommendation. And, and, um, you know, and he, you know, he said to me, and this was, um, you know, it was nice to have a friend that you can talk this through with is, you know, what's really working now? Let's not mess that up. And what's not working? What didn't work? Let's not go back to that. And sometimes, you know, it's easier said than done because for me to simplify might mean saying, okay, we're not going to have a, you know, we're not going to have this this year. And you have to tell that person, you can't participate this year because I can't make that happen. I can't. I can't have multiple musicians. So for example, for the Easter Triduum, of course, we're spaced. We have very few musicians, but we do have a few and we space it out so that we're, we're safe. But I said, if I could just have just a cello and a piano on Good Friday, how impactful would that be? We don't normally have a cello, but if I could add just a cello that day. That would have as much of an impact as a string section or a full choir or but we had you know one two singers piano guitar and a cello and it was the most beautiful good friday we've had in years because it was you know nobody was focused on the music section we were just focused on what was happening that day you know in that liturgy so those kinds of things but in the, in, in then i had to tell a, you know a choir knew that they were not singing that day too so to make those decisions is not easy, but if we're staying in prayer and are truly discerning and hearing the voice of, you know, of God in those decisions, then we have to trust that, um, that God will have our back when we, you know, go forward with the decisions that we feel like spirit is prompting us to make.
0: Absolutely. Any more thoughts from you on that, Meredith?
2: Um, a couple of things. I think, Joy, um, such a powerful word. I, mean, I try to live from that space. And I often am having conversations with my daughter, not so much my son. Like girls and boys are really different. <laughs> I mean, I mean you don't have any girls, but <laughs> Boy! um anyway, but I but I find myself saying to her, you know, you you're in control, you know, of how you can change your lens and you can look at it from a lens of um this is bothersome and I don't like this, or you can put a lens of joy on and and look through that lens. And, and I always say in all situations, try to find the grace because it's always there. Um, And just listening to Lorraine and like, you know, making decisions and stuff about as our role of mothers, but also as ministers, um, it was hard for me uh, at Christmas and Easter here because I have a huge music program. I have a choir of about 35 people at times. Um, I have paid section leaders, I have organists, because we we used to have eight masses on a weekend. Um, <clears throat> so now not only do we have to think about the people who are in our pews or who were in our pews and who are coming back, but we have a whole nother community that's watching us online from all over the world, all over the country, all over the world. And so, when I was planning those things, I didn't want, you know, where everybody's budget is is tight. Um, but we also have a responsibility to give, give people um, the best that we can at, of liturgy. So uh, I was able, gratefully, to do that both at Christmas and Easter. Um, so when I'm thinking about simple, it really wasn't that simple, but at that point it didn't matter because what mattered was is that people were being minister to the best that we can bring out of here. And, um, and that's what was able to happen. I mean, I think our Easter vigil, um, is close to about 3000 views just on Facebook people. Who, wow. Um, so, um, I got a I got a, a, an email the next day from somebody from Italy who's been watching all the, you know, incessantly, like, she's like, I watch everything that you're doing. It's just made such a huge impact in my life. She came here, like, when when she was here in 2012 and she she took a picture of all the worship aids in 2012 that she had had it was really beautiful so you just don't know now at this point especially with live stream which here it will never go away you know who you're touching and I think it's um you know as ministers it's just important to remember that we're vessels and we have to kind of open ourselves up for that joy and love to kind of come through and um try to do that, you know, just in mothering as well. Even sometimes the ministry gets in the way.
0: I, I just, one more thought about the uh, presentation you gave last year, and this is just an anecdote. I really loved your anecdote that you shared, especially you, Meredith, where you said that you at times would bring both of your kids with you to, to church, you know, and I so, so understand this. I actually, I, I don't know if you both know this, but my mother is also a music minister and I grew up sitting on her bench, turning her pages for her wow. music. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think as we move forward, I think we need, you know, it's such an important moment to remind ourselves that our kids are still watching, you know, that ch- children are so, still so much the life and the future of the church. Um, both home church and actual building church. I, I think as we shift into a hybrid way of ministering, a new way of ministering, um, I still think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for children to continue to be ministered to and with, ministered with, so that they can be a part of the conversation. That's at least my hope.
2: We did that at, um, for the, for, um, the Trudorm. We sent out packets to all of our members. That gave like little things to do at home, like fabric, um, little prayers, like how to, like what some things would mean, and washing each other's feet at home. So to be inclusive with kids and and parents and who, whoever was watching, again that broad hybrid kind of sense of thinking, inclusivity.
0: Absolutely. So. In my last couple of questions, I have to ask, of course, so you both will be presenting at this year's NPM convention in New Orleans, Lorraine, yay. yay. (laughs) Please Uh, come. (laughs) You both will be presenting Balancing Music Ministry and Motherhood, part two. Uh, So what what can we expect? I think the most important thing is, is that you didn't have to be at part
2: one to be at part two. Um, Right. And uh, you know we, we talked the other day about you know thinking thinking about things that we did last year and how we can pull some things out of that. but also, you know, we aren't where we were last year, and we've had to, you know think more creatively and 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 uh, kind of manipulate ourselves in different ways to to continue to be mothers and ministers. so, um,
1: yeah. And I think what this, this session is going to be, because we're going to be in person, yeah. it's going to be so nice to have the participants interacting with one another, storytelling, faith sharing, journaling, music. Um, we'll probably recap a little bit about what we did last year, but like, like Meredith said, you don't have to have gone to last year's. But um, it's going to be fun for us because we're going to be able to see people who are there. Yeah. Um. You know. Although I have to say, and Meredith could probably attest to this too. After the session last year, I mean, our emails were blowing up with people with sharing their stories, asking for more information, talking to us more about what we, you know, touching a little bit about their personal stories. Um. So that was beautiful. We. we, But this is going to be, I think, more interactive, and we are really looking forward to um seeing our, our sisters there. Yeah, we do that.
0: That's great. As we wrap up, and until the next time we talk, which of course will be at the convention, do you have any more final thoughts? Anything else you want to make sure that uh that we talk about? Uh Meredith.
2: Um well thank you. Thanks NPM for having us on um uh, to talk about this. And um I know you said the mother's day mother's this will air for Mother's Day. So um you know, for the women who are listening, um, you're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing and, um, trust that, that you're doing what God wants you to do.
1: And I would say, you know, just, we need to be praying for one another. Um, we need to be praying for people that, um, want to come to this convention and can't people who are still not able to Sing in their churches and really miss it. Those who are back and for looking for creative ways, um, all of this planning, this convention, um, that it can be what our what our people need to um, to be creative and to share ideas. And, and I, you know, one of my favorite things about NPM is the networking that happens and people sharing their stories about how they are being creative at the lunch table, you know, as we're at lunch and then we're, um, so, there, that's going to be a huge benefit, I think, to this conference. But I think we've just got to keep each other lifted up in prayer and just be the voice of, um, of unity and a voice of, of listening and not division, you know, and let this just be a beautiful, prayerful, um, unifying experience. So, and happy Mother's Day to everyone.
0: That's right. Happy Mother's Day, Lorraine and Meredith. I hope you both have a wonderful Mother's Day celebration and continue to stay safe. And uh, we will see you in New Orleans.
2: Yes, thanks so much.
0: Thanks so much to Lorraine and Meredith for their time today. For more information about Lorraine and Meredith and to watch the video version of this episode, check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. Now, before we end, we also want to take a moment and celebrate those who wish to be mothers, but carry their daily struggles as they wait for God's will. We know that many struggle with infertility and carry the loss of miscarriage and waiting as they wish to be mothers themselves. You are not forgotten, and we are praying for you during this Mother's Day. We hope that all women who are listening feel supported and prayed for, and know that your presence in others' lives around you are recognized and appreciated. The recording of With a Shepherd's Care was produced by GIA Publications. And the theme music for this episode was produced by Aaron Schaus. Today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts, empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.